Hey, I'm excited about being here this morning to be open, be able to open up the Word of God. I want to invite or welcome uh, the online audience as well as those in our overflow rooms today. We're glad you're a part of us today. Um, we're going to talk about the promise maker. God is a promise maker, isn't he? Promise maker he is to me. I have witnessed through trial and plea. At times, I feel like He's not around. And then just then, his presence is found. His word has been an anchor to my soul. I cling to it. This is my goal. Times of trouble, times seem long. It's exactly then we need to sing his song. Songs of promise, songs of truth that give us faith to see things through. He told us, do not fear because he is near. He never promised the easy way, but to abide with us. Day by day, his promises are yes and amen. He will be the promise keeper until the very end. I'm a poet and didn't know it. That's one of the three poems I've written to express my love for God and to, to share with you my love for you today. Today we're starting a series called uh, Promises, Yes and Amen. It'll go throughout the summer, but I'm just going to lay a little bit of a foundation, you know. We love this book, the Bible, but we don't worship the Bible. We love this book because it points to a living God, amen? It's full of parables, it's full of poetry, it's full of proverbs, but one of the greatest things that it's full of is promises, Promises. There's over 700 promises in the Bible. The Bible itself tells us that we find hope in the promises of God. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it, it reads like this. As sure and steadfast anchor of our soul that fixes itself in the solid reality. It fixes us in the solid reality of God's promises and his presence. This thing is an anchor to us. Do you know what an anchor is? An anchor is something that you throw overboard in a boat when the wind and the waves come, right? And it keeps you in place. That's what the Word of God is. That's God's gift to us. And we're all going to have wind crash against us. We're all going to have waves crash against us. But our God has given us His Word that's 100% reliable that will cause us to stand in the midst of trials and tribulations. And storms that come into our life. Are you in a storm today? You can take heart. You can take comfort. That there's promises in here that can help keep you grounded. Even today in the worst of seasons. But the question is, out of all these promises, what are the promises that are for us? What are those that we can name and claim? What are those out of the 700 promises? What are the ones that we can claim for ourselves? So throughout God's word, we, we, there are general promises, meaning there are general promises for every person and every culture and every nation throughout all generations. There are general promises. And all of God's promises are yes and amen. Can we do something fun this morning? 
Okay, let's do this. I'm going to say a scripture. I'm going to talk a little bit about, I'm going to exhort us in the promises of God that we can stand on. And every time I say a scripture, I want this side over here to give me just an excited, passionate, yes. Can we do that? Let's hear it. Oh my gosh, even louder in first service. Okay, and you online also in overflow, join us. And over here, give us a passionate Amen. Maybe put an amen. Amen. Okay. God's promises throughout his word. He's given us promises to save us. Salvation. John 3.16, one of the best verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Yes. Yes. Hey, you guys got it. He makes motivational promises. Our promise making God makes motivational promises throughout the scripture. It says, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Somebody over here is getting extra points. That was awesome. Did you hear that, God? (laughs) He gives us guiding promises. Guiding promises. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Amen. Amen. He gives us comforting promises. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. He gives us encouraging promises. And I love this verse. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect. Not in your strength. Don't come to God in your strength. We're not strong enough. Come in our weakness. God is made perfect in our weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. That's good news. Our God makes hope-filled promises. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new Every morning, new every morning, great is thy faithfulness, O God. Great is thy faithfulness. Hopefully you can cut out my singing on that, but these guys sounded beautiful. God is the promise maker. He's so good to us. Verse 24 says, the Lord is my portion says, my soul, therefore I will hope in him. Yes! Amen! Some of us are late adopters. I understand that. (laughs) We can have hope in his promises because the one who's making those promises is the promise keeper. But listen, 
It's important. It's important to understand that not all, all the promises of the Bible, not all the 700 promises are actually for us. You know, some promises are for specific people in the Bible, a specific person in the Bible, a specific, a specific occasion in the Bible. I remember Pastor Warwick said this. He said, a, a text without the context is a con. It's a con. It's a fake, right? And there, you, you got to be careful not to be conned by some well, well-sounding preachers that will take one scripture out of, a whole, out of the whole context, out of the whole chapter, and make their own self-exalted teaching out of it. Context. A text without context is a con. Some, are, some promises are specific, specific for a certain people or, 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 or occasion. 1 Kings 9, verse 5. I will establish your royal throne over, over Israel forever as I promised David your father, saying, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Now that would be wrong for me to claim that verse for myself, right? Because preceding that verse... <clears throat> And after that verse, we can clearly see that that promise was to one person, King Solomon. King Solomon. So it wouldn't be right for me to believe that promise for myself, right? So in claiming God's promises, we got to remember to ask ourselves four things. Ask ourselves four things when we're claiming God's promises for ourselves. First one, what is the context, right? What is, and the second one, what is God promising? The third one, is this promise been fulfilled? Because many promises have been fulfilled in Christ, right? We are just to walk it out. And the fourth, and I think it's the most important, is who is he talking to here? Is, he, is it general or is it specific? Who's God speaking to? You know, if it's general, then it's for all of us. But if it's specific, then it's just for, it's not for us, Right? So like, you know, we've been through this series in Origins, and we've been in uh, uh, Genesis, and Genesis chapter 12 talks about the man, of, uh, man named Abraham, right? Father Abraham. And it says this, in uh, verse, uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, it says, I will bless you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. That applied to Abraham only. Not to you. Not to me. God didn't, say, God didn't tell me he's going to make a nation out of me. Right? Now I do have, you know, I've got a full quiver. I've got five children. So I've got like a tribe of people. Some would say it's a nation. You know, and, but that promise isn't for me. I mean, I wouldn't even know what to call my nation. It, would I call it Timistan? I don't no, That was bad. <laughs> but so many of God's promises, other promises, are intended for, for all people in all generations. And it's important to us, it's important to, us to cling on to those promises because that's how maturity and growth and holiness is formed in our life. Such promises like Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, 
Come and let the one who is thirsty come. We sung that earlier. Come to the altar. Come. Let the one who desires to take water of life without price, whosoever will let him take the water of life, take it freely. Come. God says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would open up the door, I will come in and I will dine with him. God gives us promises. He gives us promises to help us surrender our heart to his will and his word. Not, prayer is not about bending God's heart and his will to our heart and will. See, that's a difference in the name and claim it stuff that a lot of times goes on. It's all about us. Claiming something for myself so I could exalt myself. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants to give good things to his children. Praise God. But in in doing that, it's all about glorifying God in these promises. So it's bending our heart to his will. And the thing about promises, we we can't know precisely when, where, or how it's going to be fulfilled. Some have been fulfilled. Some are being fulfilled. Some promises are given. We have to just wait patiently for God. Some will be fulfilled in the future. Some, Some promises are unconditional. And some promises are conditional. Unconditional is, is simply saying a pro, it's a promise that's stating what God will do or what God won't do. Okay? Like in Genesis chapter 9, verse 11, God promised never to send a flood to destroy the earth. That's unconditional. He's not going back on that promise, right? And how do we know that he's promised that? He's given us a symbol of what? A rainbow which is just so weird in the days that we're living in because they've taken the rainbow and they've taken the colors and they made it something different. But God has given us a rainbow to show that he will never flood the earth again. Unconditional promises are in the scripture. But some promises are conditional. They're the if then, if then I will do this. If then verses, right? James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask who gives, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that, that's driven and tossed by the wind, right? There's that idea again of the anchor of God's promises. It anchors us. We need it if we're to grow. Sometimes when I meet people and, they're, and they don't want to get in the Bible, they want, to be, they want to be a follower of Jesus, but they actually don't know or don't want to know the word of God, I say, oh my, well, 10 years from now, you're this tall in your faith or this tall in your faith, you will stay this tall in your faith. But with God following Jesus, there is always more. We don't graduate from Jesus. There's always more. And standing on the promises of God and meditating on them, we grow and we grow and we grow into his likeness. This is a gift to us. God is the promise maker, not a promise breaker. If there's anybody that's promise breakers, it's us, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but even preparing the sermon, I was going through my head. I'm going, oh, my goodness. Oh, 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 ow, ooh, I remember all not all, praise God, but many of the promises that I've broken over my lifetime. 
I remember when I first started dating my, my wife. She was 15. I, I was 25. And, <laughs> and after prison, you know, no. Uh, that's just a joke. I was 17. She was 15 years old. And, and I'd show up, and I'd, and I'd show up on the first date, and I was five minutes late. Show up on the second date, 10 minutes. The next day, you know, 15. It got all the way to the half hour until she, she met me at the door, and she said, uh-uh, nope. If you're going to be late, there's going to be no date. And I said, oh, baby, I will never be late again. So I've broken that promise a few times, a few hundred times. <laughs> or times that we've told our friends, especially here in Dubai, that come and go, you know, we'll stay in touch. We'll stay in touch, you know. And then years later, we still haven't talk to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have those stories, don't we? Or the promise that maybe have been made to you that have been broken. A guy, before I moved here, I sold him my vehicle. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll pay half now, and I'll pay half later. How about that? I said, I can, yeah, I can trust you. I can trust you. If you're listening to this right now, <laughs> you still owe me that money. But the worst thing, guys, is when we make promises to God, isn't it? Oh, man. Lord, if you only come through, if you only do this, if you only get me the job, if I only get healed from this sickness, I will for sure live in full joy, victory, of, and a total surrender of my life. And then three days later, we forget about God. It happens. And I love it because we make fun of the children of Israel that saw the sea part, right? Manna coming from heaven. Like, how could these idiots exist? Like, didn't, they're, they're wandering around the desert. They're, you know, asking where God is. And it's like, God showed up. But he does the same for us, doesn't he? And we easily forget. We easily forget. We are the promise breakers. Not all the time. We're not, we don't, as, as followers of Jesus, we try not to break our promises. But it happens, doesn't it? But God is 100% reliable in his word. Sometimes people even make promises that they have no intention of keeping, but not so with God. Look at this verse, Titus 1, verse 2. It makes reference to eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. And we all know people, we all know people, ourselves included, that make promises and then we just forget them, Right? I forgot all about that. I hate looking on my phone and going through old texts and going, uh-oh, I forgot to follow up with you, Marco. <laughs> I forgot to, you know? And, and these are little things that we break because of our forgetfulness. But God is not a liar, and he never forgets. He's not like man. He's not like man. He's God. He remembers every promise. Psalm 105, verse 42 and 43, he, he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant and he, and he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness. God never forgets any promise that he's ever made. He never will because he is a God that's not subject to this three and a half pounds of gray matter 
He's not forgetful. If he's made a promise to you, and he's made a lot of them, he's not forgetting. He's not forgetting. And that's something that brings a lot of strength, brings a lot of trust. That's something that we can stand on, risk our lives on. William Carey, the great uh, cross-cultural minister to India, he, 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 when he was younger, he had, a, he, had a, he had a map on his wall, and he felt as if God was calling him to that great country of India to go share the gospel with lost people. And so when his board, when the board at the church found out about it, you know, they all gathered and they had a special meeting. And, and one man stood up and said, Mr. Carey, if God wants to reach those lost people, he'll do it himself. And really was discouraging to young William at the time. But you know what? He didn't stop. He gathered money. People helped him get to India. He went over to India. And for seven years, it was nothing but setback after setback after setback. It's hard on him. In fact, he didn't see one person start following Jesus in seven years. Most of us would have gave up. But he's holding on to the promises. And somebody even wrote him during that time and said, So, Mr. Carey. Look at your life now. What do you have to think about it? And Carrie wrote this back. The future is as bright as the promises of God. Listen to me, brother and sister. Your future is as bright as the promises of God. William Carey went... And though he, he hung on, he clinged onto those promises. And because of that, there was amazing fruit. He's called a pioneer in India today. In fact, he's raised up, his ministry has raised up people in India that are now going to his country. Isn't that amazing how God works? Takes us out of our own cultures, sends us to another culture, disciples, and even those people come back to our own culture. I'm praying for my own country. That God would send forth labors to the U.S. Maybe some of you. He was anchored in the promises of God. And God can also give promises in our personal prayer time. He can. I believe God wants to speak to us, but we don't, we're not listening. You know, a lot of prayer is just praying at God, praying at God, praying at God. Well, you know, in any conversation, it's, it goes two ways. I say something, I say something, and I listen to you, right? God wants to speak specific promises to you, to you. He really does, to you. But all those promises, don't get crazy with them. It's got to line up with the Word of God. The Word of God is the rails that protect us from hearing the voice of God. God God's never going to tell you to divorce your wife. I'm sorry. I have actually heard that from people. God's never going to tell you to, to steal something or murder something or cheat. Or, God doesn't do that. If you hear that voice often, you need to come to church and get delivered from that thing. You know what I'm saying? The Lord not only gives us hope for better days Right now, that's ahead of us. Most importantly, he gives us hope for the life to come. 
And that term hope the Bible refers to is not wishful thinking. It's, it's actually a confident expectation, not based on you, but based on the one who made it. The promise maker is, a, is able to keep every promise he made. And so Jesus says to his followers in John chapter 14, verse 3, I go and I prepare a place for you, for you. Personalize that. That's a general promise right now for you. I go, I'm leaving the earth to go and prepare a place for you that where I am, you will also be. We can, man, we can just find great comfort in that. No matter how bad it gets here, there's something great to look forward to. Amen? For followers of Jesus, his return meant everything. It'll be a time of victory and rejoicing. Uh, Titus, Titus says this in chapter 2, verse 13, speaking of the promise that Jesus is coming again in, in, on, on these terms. It says, look for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of, great, of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I just, I just, when I was first born again years ago, I heard people singing about heaven all the time, talking about heaven all the time. In fact, there was even a term, some of you might remember this, that was like, oh, man, he's got his heads in the, head in the clouds. He's too heavenly-minded to be any earthly good. And it's almost as if now there's not a lot of talk about heaven. There's not a lot of Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. There's a, it's actually the opposite of that phrase. It's like we're too earthly good, good to be... Heavenly good, earthly. You get the picture. <laughs> earthly minded to be heaven, any heavenly good. God wants an expectation of the things to come. That's motivational in the promises of God. To be serious about the life we live and the promises that we make and the promises that he made to us. So every decision that every every decision we make affects our tomorrow. And so many, so many, I hear this, they just say, let me just push off Jesus a little longer. It's, it's about me. I want it my, I want it my way. I went to, I went, I did a funeral one time. And that was the song they played. And I thought, oh my goodness. There's lightning going to come down from heaven. That's the last thing I want. I did it my way? No, I want to say I did it his way. Listen to Revelation chapter 21. We get these glimpses, these pictures of what, what that's like. It's 21 verse 4. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, no more cancer. I hate cancer. No more heart attacks, no more sorrow, no crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. There's something beautiful coming. And he sat upon the throne and said, Behold, I, I make all things new. And he said unto me, and the apostle John was the inspired author of these verses, said, Write this down, write this down. For these words are true and faithful. God's word is true and faithful. And I, was, I just think, when I, man, the news, 
the wars, the Ukraine and the Russia and the shootings in my country and, and all of the uprisings around the world and the news just is so heavy, 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 heavy. I meditate on this. These verses, these promises that it's not about this life. It's about the one to come. There's heartache. There's loved ones that die and pass on and babies and all. I mean, it just is so hard and heavy and grief. The last two weeks I've been following the story of a dear friend and friend of fellowship, Hamish Harding. He was a Dubai-based British adventurer and and he went down in the sub-Titanic. And I just cut my, my eyes glued to that story over and over and praying, Lord, be with him. And now, people, friends, family, let's continue to pray for that family, that wonderful family he has, that God loves him. And, and just pray that the promise keeper just wraps, wraps his arms around them during this time. But it's hard. Life, God has never promised a happy, smooth life. In fact, he knows that they're suffering this side of heaven. And for followers of Jesus, even persecution. That's a promise, believe it or not. I don't hear those name and claim it guys promising that. As they're claiming the new jets and, you know, all of that. I, honestly, I don't have a problem with rich, with, 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 with rich people. It's all about the heart, Right? It's all about the heart. I'm really glad that some of the greatest men of God in my life are wealthy. Because through their wealth, the kingdom of God is spreading through resources around the world. Amen? But where your treasure is, there your heart is. And that's what we got to be really careful about. So it's not about naming and claiming stuff. So for you... But what's going to help you serve and, and worship and glorify God more? That's what he's concerned about. But there's a promise of persecution for those of us that are followers of Jesus. And it can look a lot. It can look different. I mean, I know some of you in here that even in your country, to have your name because it's a Christian name, can't get a job in places. That's persecution. And then there, I know some stories that are so radical that I can't even, I don't even want to say them because they're just so gross and heavy and heads and, you know, decapitated. And I've seen some of this stuff and I, and I've, and I know people that know people and, and, and it's just hard. But it's in the word of God. Our day is no different than the days back when Jesus was walking the earth. 2 Timothy is a promise. Chapter 3, verse 12 says, All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Persecuted. You know, I know we're, going, we're throwing a lot of promises out here, but it's one thing to, to, to even to say promises. It's another thing to keep a promise. God is the promise maker and the promise keeper. In a world where it's hard to trust anybody, even the ones that are close to us. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3 reads, Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days. This is a warning to us. With scoffing, following their own sinful desires, they will say, Hey, where is this promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing the way they were from the beginning of creation. Really? It's not happening. Then he goes on to say in verse 8, 
But do not overlook one fact, beloved. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a one day, like one day to the Lord. The Lord, verse 9, is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward us, not wishing that any should perish, but that we all would reach repentance, turning away from their sin. And that's the gift that God has given us right now. Week after week, when I'm seeing people, these pictures of people giving their life to Jesus, repenting, believing, and be baptized, this is the patience and long-suffering of our God that in all of His righteousness and all of His goodness for a people that have turned their back on Him, He could. He, could, he would be just if He leveled the leveled the world again, flooded the world again. But he won't. Why? Because he's not a liar. We can trust him. But he's saying, come. That's what he's doing. He's given all of us time. Come. More of you, come. Come. I want my house to be full. I want my heaven to be full. I want a relationship with you. Come, all you who are weary. Come, all you that are heavy laid. Come. I will give you rest. So, do you have faith in the promise keeper this morning? It's crucial that you do. And it's crucial that you have faith, not in faith. Some people have faith in their faith. I don't even get that, right? I've got faith, you know, and it's like, you got faith in your faith? We have to have faith in God. And, 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 And in God sending his son, Jesus, the greatest promise ever kept. That's where our faith lies, not in my ability or my works to get to God, like climbing a ladder and touching God. No, God loved us so much that he made an unconditional promise with us that he would come down to us. And if then, if we believe, Romans 10, 9, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is God, that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. Promises are important. Stand on his promises. I had a story before we close. Do you have time for a story? Man, there was this, uh, I think he was in the 70s, this guy named Chuck Allen. He was a, he was a pastor. He had a ministry, went on the TVs and, and uh, radio and stuff. And, and, and it was a widespread ministry. And, and, and one day, this guy in a hospital bed with, with, with no... Uh, He'd been wounded from the Vietnam War. In fact, he had stepped on a landmine. And he lost both of his legs. I can't even imagine that. He lost both of his legs. And he, and he was listening to Pastor Chuck Allen. And, and he was listening to him. And, and he heard this song. It was a song called Standing on the Promises of God. And when he heard it, it just changed his life. He had to write, write that pastor back. He said, I thank you. Thank you so much for your ministry. Thank you so much. For, and especially, thank you for that song. Because I want you to know that I was in Nam and I lost my legs and I have nothing to stand on anymore. But through this song, I now know that I do. I can stand on the promises 
of God. Stand on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. They won't. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I now can see, perfect present, cleansing blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes me free. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternally by love's strong cord. Overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword. Standing on the promises I cannot fail. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior's all and all. Standing. 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 Standing, help me out here. Christ, my thing. Okay, we don't have time. You get the. Guys, this guy that lost his legs is no different than us. It's the only thing in life that we have to stand on real, rock. Is the revelation that God loves you. He died for you. And he wants you to live for him. Don't play games anymore. It's not worth it. You don't know when your last breath is going to be breathed. Don't put off Jesus. And if you know God, if you believe in God, but you haven't been knowing God, you're missing out. You can grow. There's more. There's more. There's more. And some of you are here today, like in the first service. In the first service, there were eight people that gave their life to the Lord. Would you join that number today? If you've never made Christ your king, if you never said, you know what, I'm going to turn from my life and I'm going to follow Jesus' life. I'm going to repent of my sin, all that junk from the past, and I'm going to believe that God's promises and plan are for me, that he is who he says he is. And here's what happens. And it's supernatural. It's not natural. But God cleanses us from all unrighteousness, all sin, all the gunk that's sin in our gut, the shame of our past, the fear of the future. And he replaces it with honor. He loves you. He really loves you. That's why he's saying, come. He's holding out his hands and saying, come. I'm going to ask the the band to come up now. But I'm going to ask something that, that, that could actually change your life forever, some of you. It did me years ago. Is there anybody in here today for the first time that says, listen, don't think that you can clean yourself up and come to God. It doesn't work that way. He can only clean you up. He says, bring your mess to me. I'll clean you up. You online, you in overflow. Today, 
is the day of salvation. Is there anybody in here that's bold and has courage enough to join the family of God today? Would you raise your hand? What I'm saying is, are you ready to make Jesus the promise maker, the promise keeper, the Lord of your life? Raise your hand and raise it high, please. Raise your hand and keep it up. Yes, I see that hand. Raise your hand and keep it up. I see the many hands, many hands. Raise your hand. Okay. Praise God. Let's give it up for these people. Praise God. Can we all pray together a simple prayer? God, you are the promise maker. We are the promise breaker. Thank you for forgiving us. We believe in you. We believe you died on the cross. We believe that you rose again. And we want to live for you. And Lord, we thank you for our new brothers and sisters. May you be glorified. In the name of the Father, the Son, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this side said...